Well, if you were expecting to hear another premium podcast from Kingdom Speak, you will not be disappointed. Welcome back to another episode with Pastor Daniel McKillop. Now, if we set this up right, the only people getting in are the people who have paid. So if anyone else is hearing this right now and you haven't paid... Shut it off! You're stealing. Yeah. yeah. Thief! Yeah. You weren't expecting that, were you? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Truly anointed teaching and entertaining content with three flames emojis. If you want to get Mm. your review read on Kingdom Speak, put some emojis in it. That's how you do it. (laughs) Five stars. Listen to this. Greetings. This is a hot take. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Greetings from Silsby, Texas. Pastor Homer Looper's church. Hey. I listen every chance I get. Truly love the work y'all do. That's from Pate Stevens. P.S. I survived till the end of the money episode. But here's the deal. You put your name in the review, but I have to read your 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 review ID, which is ED7. Thank so you, we'll, ED7. Thank you, ED7, for that <laughs> Apple Podcast review. We will say amen to Silsby, Texas. Can I get a amen? Amen! amen. Can I get a hallelujah? Hallelujah! So do you think he's seven? Hallelujah. Tell Pastor Looper we said hello. That's right. What's the temperature in <clears throat> Silsby, Texas today? Woo! It's cooking in the All north. Right, here the producer's going. It's cooking in the north. So it's got to be hot in Texas. Wow. It's been, you know, for our American listeners, it's been in like in the 90s here. Uh, well, I'm at 31 Celsius. Oh, and it's early in the morning? Perfect. It's going to be... In Silsby It's right 31 now? right now, yeah. 31 right now, okay, but help them out. That won't mean anything. So double them. it and add 32-ish. That'll give you... Ish, yep. Right? So 31 and 31, do the math. It means 62... 62. Plus 32. 94. 94. Well, it's closer to 88. You're supposed to take 10% off, I think. You double yep. that 32 and take off 10%. Yep, you do. It's 87.8. It's 11 o'clock in Texas right now? No, 10. 10 o'clock? So, yeah. What's the high going to be today? What is it here? What are we here? Um, it feels about 25 outside. Is that what it is? Minus. <laughs> Lord, not yet. Not yet. You didn't know you were going to get the weather on King to Speak today. Yeah. The snow has finally all melted. Where yeah, we're it's 75 degrees right now. Yeah, balmy 75 Fahrenheit right now. Yep. And uh, it's a heat wave. We're staying inside. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The key is we have one day of this for looking at the temperature. They're going to be like yep. that for a while. We pave all of our roads on the one day it's this hot, and then we get ready for winter again. Start piling wood in the basement and uh, stocking up food. Mm -hmm. How's the merch sales going? Oh, now that you bring it up, merch is going very well. So if you haven't heard, the hype was not just hype. It's actually officially a thing that Kingdom Speak merch is live. You can wear the hype. You can wear the hype, you can buy the hype, you can drink out of the hype. The premium hype is here. 
You can wear the hype. And we have on your new f- hype on the way. And we do. We got more hype coming. So it should be only about a year and a half before it gets here. Yeah. If, it's, yeah. if it's anything like the last hype, yeah. <laughs> yeah. however long mm-hmm. it took. Yeah. Uh-huh. The supply yeah. chain is not hype either. It's a real thing. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we're actually getting candles. So if you want to heat your home this winter, hey, I would use a King of Speed <clears throat> candle if I was you. So, yeah, merch. Hoodies, yeah. candles. Candles, backpacks. Ah. Bluetooth speakers, socks, ties, lapel pins. What else? Um, journals. Journals. Yes. yes. Bishop's ramblings. Yeah. That's all. And it's uh, so kingdomspeak.ca slash merch. If you're not a subscriber, the price is tripled. So you have to be a subscriber to get the good deal. Oh, that's good. And anything over $75 is free shipping. So obviously you have to spend $75. Obviously. Thank you for supporting Kingdom Speak. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Thank you for listening and watching on the YouTube. We appreciate your support. And, uh, Should be the us tube, shouldn't it? The us tube. Us too. So, wow. I am expecting a very dynamic episode today. Are you really? Oh, man. This one just has something about it. It's going to be good. It's mm. going to be good. Mm-hmm. Mm. So we're talking about hype and expectation and all this. Obviously, if you haven't figured it out, you've seen the title of the podcast before you listened, so you know what we're talking about. This is why you're here. Yeah. Yeah, so we have to stay on topic, right? Yes. Have you ever had a restaurant hyped up to you and you went and it wasn't? Mm. Yeah. Mm. Didn't meet the expectation. It's happened to me. Or somebody says, try such and such a dish, and you try it, and it's like, eh. Yep. But the, the, the converse is also true. Yeah. Where I've, every once in a while, gone into a place. Maybe it's the only place in town that's open. Mm-hmm. And we're like, yeah, I guess we'll have to try it out. And it was good. Those places I love. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the greasy spoons or the hidden gems. Yeah. And you walk in and nothing. There was a place um, I was with Pastor Lawhorn a couple of years ago, a year ago or so. I wish I could remember the name of a steakhouse. He'd never been there. Mm-hmm. And everything was full. We're driving. It's literally in the middle of nowhere. And it was one of the best steaks I've ever had. Oh, man. Got to love it. Yeah. It's great. Gotta love it. It was great. Yeah. Mm-hmm expectations man that's what life is all about managing expectations oh man that's it that's is it. your is your life going um uh, yes and how no how you expected yes it to go and no yes and no uh, i think when you're a teenager and you watch adults well you don't really watch them cuz you you're a teenager you don't think this through your brain is not developed yet obviously <laughs> um, no but that's a fact your brain doesn't fully develop until you're in your 20s what you have just i'm not offended it's the truth 30 percent of our listener base google it google what when does your brain when is your brain fully developed at what age is your brain fully developed google that okay we'll keep talking and i'll find it so when i'm a teenager uh you see people with nice stuff and traveling and uh, go ahead the results are in yeah so how old did you say I said in your 20s. In your 20s? What do you think? 
I, I might as well go 30s. 30? It's age 25. Yes! Oh, oh, okay. Yes! Okay. Like you're running the controls, I'm putting some music on. I knew I was right. So there. If you're not 25, there's still hope. If you're after 25... You done, bro. You are done. You done. I know some people with gray hair who have not reached the age of 25 yet. This Seems is true. Like the way they think. This is and true. Anyways, whoa, where we way off in the weeds. Let's get out you of weren't here. expecting that. That's <laughs> <laughs> what you listen to us for, right? We're not this, uh, welcome to Kingdom Speak. <laughs> We're going to be discussing important issues and matters Please today. turn to Revelations. It's Revelation. Yeah, we thank, Revelations. we thank you for listening to us today. We are very passionate about this podcast. And uh, I hope you and your friend join us again next week and we'll double the audience. It's going to be amazing. Wake up. <laughs> Wake up. <laughs> Boo. You thought I was going to go off the rails right there, didn't you? I did. I didn't. I did. I didn't. I was fully no. expecting you to no. do it. You failed. No. So, anyways, I'm just saying all that. When you're a teenager, uh, one of the big expectations is that all that stuff just appears in your life. And if you want it, you have it. Yeah. Yeah. Or you see a happily married people with a good relationship and you see how they interact with each other and interact with each other in public. And you're like, oh, yeah, that, well, that, that's, what I'll, that's what I'll be someday. Right? Yep. But then you understand, oh, to do that, you, you know. Your expectations definitely have to be managed and adjusted. In an ongoing Yeah, no basis. matter where you are in life. Yeah, right. Revolving. Yeah. I mean, really, does anybody get married expecting mm-hmm. to be divorced? If, if you did, then, <laughs> oh, then, man. Oh, then kudos to you. Yeah. You got your expectation. Yeah. Mm. But the reason that divorce is so tra- traumatic is because yeah. they didn't expect it. To happen that way. Yeah. So life is all about managing expectations, and it's an ongoing thing. I didn't expect this to happen. I didn't expect to be in the position that I'm in. I didn't expect things to turn out the way that they're turning out. Mm-hmm. Right? I, I, I expected my health to be stronger. I expected to be in full-time ministry by now. Mm-hmm. I expected I struggle, my... I struggle with that one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you had to oh, touch yeah. on a very sensitive issue for producer We, we both, me and, me and the yeah. ghost. You talk about that often? This is a sore spot. Yeah. I thought we would be running a mega church by now mm-hmm. in some tropical island. And it's a struggle. Flying it's a f- chopper everywhere. And yeah. I'm dealing with it, though. I'm dealing with it. Are you? Yeah. It's Man, God's good. helping you? Oh, it's... I've got a word for you today. So. <laughs> I will say this on a serious note. <clears throat> The heroes are the people who emerge when things happen that are not expected and they deal with it. And, you know, yeah. even in a natural where a, a big disaster happens, a, a big accident happens in front of you and something that you weren't expecting. Mm-hmm. And then you split second decide to do something heroic. You jump into the river, pull somebody up in the burning building. Did you see the video a couple of weeks ago of this pizza delivery guy who went into that yeah. burning house? Yeah, absolutely. That's it's amazing. Amazing stuff happened. So I don't think that there is anybody. I don't think there's anybody. This, this would be a Malcolm Gladwell book uh, topic. But I, I don't think there's anybody that's been a success at life 
that has not had to adjust their expectation mm-hmm. and recalibrate life based on some expectations not being met while others are being exceeded. Mm-hmm. Um, you look at that person in ministry, and it looks like everything is just going their way. I promise you mm. that not everything is going how they expected it to go. But they have learned in whatsoever state they are in to be content. They've managed mm-hmm. this expectation crisis. And so that's what life's all about. It, even in the church world, you go to church and you need to have expectations. Um, there's, there's, there's fewer things more difficult than trying to motivate people that don't have them. <laughs> that's right. Right? Yeah. What do you want to be when you grow up? Oh, I don't know. I just want to be an astronaut. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, yeah. What, what, what were you expecting when you came to church today? Yeah. Oh. So there's fewer things more difficult than trying to manage someone and, 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 and inspire someone. Yes. Who doesn't have expectations? Okay. And boy, we could do a whole episode on church expectations. Oh. Just like we did church fails. Those guys that did the church fail episode. Wow. They were the bone. Wow. Anything but a fail on that episode. But I digress. Um, walking into a church and you expect, you know, you're in a conference, you expect certain stuff to happen, right? It's, it's where we live. And you may even talk about it in this discussion today, but you go to church with expectation. Yes. Uh, and most often, or I should say, for the most part, they should be exceeded. Or maybe, you, or you, you, you know, we're trying to motivate you to say, come to church with expectation, mm-hmm. but maybe don't put a ceiling on it. Or, or a limit. Yep. Yeah, that's a yep. better word, a limit. Yep. Um, yeah. I didn't really make sense what I just said, but you get what I'm trying to say. No, but it does because yeah, your expectation, expect. you need to come expecting something to happen. Right. But yet, if whatever happens is outside the sphere of your expectation, you need to embrace it. For sure. You can, yeah. ex- you can expect the supernatural. Right. You should. Right. Which you yeah. can't but, comprehend. But when it's supernatural, that means it could be anything. Right. So how do you expect that? Right. Because mm-hmm. he is able to do exceedingly, right. abundantly, abundantly. Above mm-hmm. all that we could ask or sure. think. Okay? So forcing God to be restricted to the confinement of my expectation is limiting, but yet I need right. to bring it. That's it. That's it. That's what I was trying to say. Yeah, you got okay? it. Mm-hmm. You have a so way with words, man. If you don't have if you don't have expectation, you can't inspire them. But it's equally as difficult to deal with people who have unrealistic Expectations. Oh boy, that is also the truth. We could talk about that for a while. Okay. There's 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 fewer there's fewer more uh, arenas of pastoral mm-hmm. responsibility than dealing with someone who somebody in their past got their ear, mm-hmm. told them God's got His hand on you, you're going to be a pastor someday. Mm-hmm. And you're sitting looking at this individual and they're sweet and they are mm-hmm. they're they're an incredible saint of God. Mm-hmm. But they're living in this tension of my life is not meeting my expectation. Oh man. 
So somewhere between no expectation and unrealistic ex- expectation is this thing called life. And it's about balancing it out. I wasn't expecting to lose my spouse to cancer. Mm-hmm. I wasn't expecting my child to backslide. I wasn't expecting to lose my job three years before I retired. I wasn't expecting my home to burn. Mm-hmm. I wasn't, you get the idea. Mm-hmm. Okay. And life is about managing that. And so we're, we're going to talk about it and it may go in a little different route than even how we've set it up for the bulk of what we're talking about, but it's really applicable to all of these areas. And that is, is uh, John the Baptist mm-hmm. when he was teaching in the wilderness. Okay. Now, Jesus, John, John is now incarcerated. His ministry, his wilderness ministry has come to a, con- a conclusion. He's incarcerated. Jesus is healing the sick, opening the blinded eyes, raising the dead, cleansing the leper, lame or walking, gospels being preached to the poor. John's in jail. The forerunner of Jesus is in jail. Mm-hmm. And Jesus is approached by John's disciples, and, and, and we're going to talk about that in a moment, but after they leave, he looks at the congregation that is there, and he sends them back to John with the message of, tell John, blessed is he who's not offended in me. Mm-hmm. Okay, But Jesus looks at the congregation that is gathered there, and he says, I've got a question to ask you. You all came out to hear me teach, and you, you've got, you, 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 run a, you run a habit of chasing these teachers because you've done the same thing John the Baptist. Right. Yeah. And when you went out, to see John the Baptist, what did you go to see? That's right. Luke 7, 24. What went ye out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken with the wind. But what went ye out for to see? A man clothed in soft raiment. Behold, they which are gorgeously appareled and live delicately are in king's courts. Again, but what went ye out to see? The rhetorical line of questioning here. A prophet. Yea, I say unto you, and much more than a prophet, this is he of whom it is written, Behold, I send my messenger before thy face, which shall prepare thy way before thee. For I say unto you, among those that are born of women, there is not a greater prophet than John the Baptist, but he that is least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. And all the people that heard him and the publicans justified God, being baptized with the baptism of John. So, Basically, what Jesus is saying is, what was your expectation yep. when you went out to see John? Did he meet your expectation? Yeah, because he had a reputation. Right. Did he exceed your expectation? Did he disappoint you? Mm-hmm. Okay, this is not about who John is. Yep. This is about what you expected John to be. Right. Yeah, and that's huge. <laughs> that's huge. Not exact. Yeah. Because really, he answers his own rhetorical line of questioning with, did you go out to see a prophet? Yay. Mm-hmm. More than a prophet, mm-hmm. he is the messenger that was sent to prepare the way for me. Okay? The question here was not, who is John? Jesus was not trying to figure out who John was. Jesus knew who John was. Who John was. He was trying to help them mm-hmm. adjust their expectation of who John was. Okay? Mm-hmm. Interestingly enough, as we just referenced, John is in jail at this moment. 
So there is a bilateral balancing that Jesus is doing of managing expectation. He's talking to the audience who followed John for three and a half years Mm -hmm. and said, what did you expect from John? But he's also now having to deal with John's expectation. So here is a preacher. Everybody has expectations, right? Because everybody has them. Saints have them. Mm. Pastors have them. Mm -hmm. Retired pastors have them. Church leaders (laughs) have them. Sinners have them. That's why they say a bunch of hypocrites that go down. Everybody has expectations. And so Jesus is doing the expectation uh, juggle Mm -hmm. session here with this congregation. And, 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 And it's set up. The context of this is set up with Jesus coming into the city and he sees a funeral procession and, and, and the widow of Nain is there and the Bible says that he's moved with compassion mm-hmm. when he sees her. Okay? And he goes over and he touches the buyer or the coffin that her only son is lying in. And he raises her son mm-hmm. to him, to, to her again. And says, all right, here you go. Stop Stop the morning. It's time to celebrate. All because he's moved with compassion. The fame of this moment is spread abroad. Mm-hmm. Okay? Fear falls upon everybody that's there. And they make, they make an interesting statement. They say, a great prophet has risen amongst us. And God hath visited yep. his people. It was viral. <clears throat> Absolutely. Yeah. This was Jesus' TikTok moment. Yeah. It makes its way, I don't know if it's John's disciples, but it makes its way to the incarcerated John the Baptist. Mm -hmm. Now think about this. He hears that Jesus was so moved with compassion Mm -hmm. that he raised that boy to his mama again. You don't reckon he's sitting there in chains going... Wow. Mm-hmm. If he's in the mode of compassion, and compassion is what it takes to get the miraculous moving, I wonder if he'd have compassion on me. Yeah, where's my thimble of compassion to get me out of here? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I set up his ministry. I was the one that foreran him. I baptized him. Mm-hmm. It's, it's me that set this all up. You think you could have a little compassion on me? I was not expecting to be in jail. I was not (laughs) expecting incarceration to be the price of ministry. Yeah, that's tough. That's tough. This is not meeting my expectations. Yeah, manage that. Mm -hmm. So he pulls a couple of the straggling few disciples that he has left and says, would you go ask Jesus a question for me? He's not meeting my expectation. Are you him? Mm -hmm. Or should we look for another? Now get this. John the Baptist, from from prior to his birth, was connected with Jesus Christ. I mean, when Mary showed up, the babe leapt Mm -hmm. in Elizabeth's womb. He foran Jesus Christ. He said of Jesus Christ, this man must increase. I must decrease. 
I am not worthy to bend down and unlatch the shoes that he's wearing. Mm -hmm. But the present circumstance that he was in had so clouded his perception that even John the Baptist wasn't sure that Jesus was really Jesus. Did I miss it? Somewhere, I need help managing my expectation. I wasn't expecting it to be this way. So he sends his disciples in. And his disciples find Jesus teaching a multitude. Mm-hmm. And they say to him, uh, we got a question on behalf of, of John. Are you him? Or should we be looking somewhere else? And Jesus doesn't even answer the question. <laughs> but Luke records that in that same, same hour, mm-hmm. he started curing people of their infirmities, mm-hmm. of their plagues, of evil spirits, opening the eyes of the blind. Mm-hmm. He just starts a healing campaign in front of John's disciples. <laughs> he answers with performing the miraculous. Which is what generated the questions in the first Which place. Which is what generated <laughs> If you're in the miracle yeah. performing business, how about getting me out of jail? Yeah. More miracles for other people besides me. Right. <laughs> you, you do know that I'm lined up for a, a cataclysmic ending here. Mm-hmm. How about a miraculous intervention? Yeah. Am I not worth as much to you as the widow of Nain? Mm-hmm. I wasn't expecting that. Do you want me to read what Jesus said? Yeah. So when all the healing wraps up, he says, Then Jesus answering said unto them, verse 22 of Luke 7, Go your way and tell John what things ye have seen and heard. Yes. How that the blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised. To the poor the gospel is preached. And blessed is he whosoever shall not be offended, offended in me. Oh. Musicians, <laughs> come. We're done. Yeah. I've, got a, I've got a sincere question to ask you. Do you think halfway through that miraculous display of his supernatural, infinite, limitless power that those disciples thought, John's disciples thought, here we go. He's flexing. He's going to do it. Yeah. They were... I, I don't think it's outside the scope of reasonability for us to assume that the disciples thought he's going to do it. Yeah, he's going to look at us and say, John's out of jail. Just like the evil spirits out of that girl? Yeah. When you go back, he's not going to be there. But that's not what Because expectations probably were very high. Well, aren't they? Have you ever been in a service? Oh, my. Where God heals somebody, at that moment you believe he can do anything. And he can. Sure can. But he doesn't always. Mm-mm. And so they begin drudging their way back to the prison house with a message. Don't be offended. Yeah, so John, he did all this stuff. And then, uh, well, did he say anything to you guys? Yeah, just... Before we left, he said, uh, for us, we'd be blessed if we would not be offended. 
That was it. That was it. Yeah, that was it. <laughs> and you know what? John managed that. He embraced it. So you have this cacophony of, of exceeded expectation mm-hmm. and missed the, me- the, the missed meeting of expectation. All in the same narrative. Mm-hmm. You have Jesus exceeding the, the expectation of the blind man who just came to hear him teach and walks away with his sight. Yep. But you also have the dashed expectation of a disciple going back and telling John, it looks like he's not going to free you from prison. So the question is, is how did John get here in the first place? Yeah. Why did John end up in jail? I, I, I didn't know that ministry was supposed to end up this way. <clears throat> it's always been intriguing to me that John had such an anointing on his ministry that he could preach in a wilderness setting and empty cities to come out and hear him in the wilderness. Has that ever has mm-hmm. that ever just baffled you? That's quite a ministry. Especially when he was preaching a message of repentance. You would think that if he was holding miracle crusades, it'd be one thing for you to leave the city and go to the wilderness. Yeah, you could, you could understand it. Yeah. But John the Baptist's ministry was not a cushioned, charismatic ministry. There was an abrasive edge to John the Baptist. Mm-hmm. And so Jesus begins asking them after John's disciples go back to tell him this. So, you know, guys, when, when you went out to see John before he was in jail, mm-hmm. what did you go out to see? When you would go out to the wilderness, what was you expecting to see? The wilderness environment, that raw, uncultivated, undomesticated, ragged, the, the nature of a wilderness that is untamed, unrestrained, okay? Mm -hmm. He pulled them out there. It's almost as if he was bringing them into alignment. He was bringing them into an atmosphere that reflected the inward condition of their soul. Their spirits were roving, wild, undomesticated, unsubmitted, uncultivated spirits. Nobody had told them what to do. Mm-hmm. They were totally, as Jeremiah said, they were like wild horses snuffing up the wind at their pleasure. Unrestrained. And he brought them into an environment. That's what the message of repentance did. It pulled them out of their comfort zones into an environment that matched their inward condition. Now we have people possessing the spirit of the wilderness standing in the wilderness. Mm -hmm. And they're hearing a message of confrontation, not one of comfort, but one of confrontation. You got to stop living the way you're living. Mm -hmm. You got to repent and turn around. You have to, 
you have to you have to stop living in sin. And that is what pulled people out of their comfort zone. Yeah, that's what that was the hot spot, right? That he had it going on. I mean, he he pulled he pulled every demographic of people. Mm-hmm. From Herod down to come hear him. <laughs> yeah. The big guy showed up. Right? Mm-hmm. And he preached a message of confrontation, of cultivation. He preached a gospel that said this. That this is the kind of message that he'd preach. Every crooked way shall be made straight. Mm-hmm. I am here to prepare the way for Jesus Christ. I'm here to prepare the way for the Messiah. And I'm a messenger telling you what you have to do if you want to meet the Messiah. Mm -hmm. And so the message is every every crooked way shall be made straight. Mm -hmm. Every high thing shall be brought low. Every low thing shall be filled in. Every valley shall be filled. Every mountain shall be brought low. Every broad way shall be narrowed in. Every... what is that? That's, that is the terminology of cultivating a wilderness environment. Mm-hmm. That is what the gospel does. Okay? And Jesus is saying, if you want to meet, if you want to meet me, mm-hmm. you've got to embrace that messenger. John was preparing the way. Repent. It didn't matter who it was. If it was soldiers coming out questioning about their wages, he'd say, be content with your wages. He was a straight shooter, man. <laughs> he did. He did. And so Jesus is looking at these people sitting in this congregation that day saying, well, what was you expecting when you went out to, exactly. to hear John? Exactly. Mm. You weren't expecting a political pundit to be standing there, did you? <clears throat> and no doubt, no doubt. Jesus knows what their expectations are when they're sitting there looking at him. Yes. That's really what he's trying to, yeah. to address. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. So when he says, you didn't go out there expecting to see a reed shaking in the wind, did you? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> that wasn't just some random metaphor that he grabbed. We talked about that last week in our episode about parables that's not some superficial little little concoction of a word picture that he threw out there he is trying to give them the idea <clears throat> that mm. john the baptist is not some reed that's going to be out there that with every little contrary wind that is going by he adjusts his message to yeah. fit in he's not being swayed by the lure of popular opinion and the expectation of culture. Mm. When you go to hear John preach, he's not someone that is shifting around on what he's saying. He's not someone dressed in fine clothing, mm-hmm. which totally has the undertoning of the fact that John the Baptist was born into a family where he could be a priest. Mm-hmm. And he could have worn, worn rather the the regal robes of redemption, operating within the fine atmospheric conditions of the temple. 
But John the Baptist knew that's not what this generation needs. So I'm going to don the robe of a prophet. I'm not a reed shaken in the wind. I'm not a priest operating in some pristine environment. But I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Prepare ye the way of the, of, of the Lord. Straighten up your crooked paths. Quit thinking more of yourself than you ought to think. Quit being so depressed. He's raising the low. He's bringing down the high. He's providing that domesticated pathway to the Messiah. That is the objective of John the Baptist. That is the objective of the messenger of God. Mm -hmm. What were you expecting to see when you left Jerusalem and went to the wilderness to hear a man preach? He's not preaching in a theater. No, it's not even like Central Park in New York City. It's, right. You, if you want to be there, you really got to want to be there. <laughs> Surely you weren't expecting anything but this. Yeah. Yep. What were you expecting when you came to an apostolic church anyway? Oh, now it gets real. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you weren't expecting some culturally suave orator to soothe you and comfort you, were you? you Mm -hmm. I mean, how many times have you brought a guest to church and as the pastor began reading his text, oh. you went, Oh, boy. Oh, oh. not that. <laughs> Just about every time. Yeah. Yeah. What were you expecting? That was supposed to be. Yeah. For sure. That's right. Always expectations. So Herod is one of the guys that frequents John's wilderness conferences. After he's been out there a few times, he says, Herodes, you got to come with me, man. This guy's incredible. You're going to love him. He just tells it like it is. He tells everybody that works for us to be happy with their wages. And you'll love this guy. So they pack up the caravan, they head out for the wilderness. And they get out there, and John's text that morning happens to be Ugh. Committing adultery. <laughs> Beep. And he looks up and he sees Herod, who for whatever reason decided to bring Herodias. Mm -hmm. His brother Philip's wife. <laughs> Problems. Just a bit awkward. Just a bit awkward. And so John goes, oh. Better not preach this this morning because I'm a reed shaking in the wind. <laughs> I don't want to upset Herod. Oh, man. No. He goes ahead and preaches. I'm, just, I'm, I'm telling you, you better thank God for a pastor mm. that preaches, thus saith the word of the Lord, Amen. regardless, regardless of what the audience is expecting. God forbid that the expectation of the congregation tweaks the messenger. Hmm. If there's any adjustments that need to be made, it's not to the message, but it needs to be to the hearer. There needs to be something on the inside of you that says preach. Yes. Preach. Yeah. Don't change it. Don't adjust it. Right. Don't sweeten it. Right. Give it to me exactly. You need to pray. God, 
let the word of God find me today. David said, help me, help me, God, with those presumptuous sins. That's those elements inside me that I don't even know are there. You need to ask God before every time, every time before you walk into the sanctuary, God, you know what's in me that I don't even know is in me. Let the word of God find me. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Do you think that's what Herodias was praying before she got there? <laughs> well, we do know how she felt after. <laughs> ah. You know, this has always been intriguing to me. She seemed to be more upset about the message of adultery, and that um, Herod was supposed to give her back to her rightful husband than Herod was. Has <laughs> <laughs> that ever... Is that ever st- I've never thought of that. Yeah, that's but a that's, very, very good point. I suppose Herod was like, yikes. I wonder if she'd go back. Uh. John's bailing me out right now. I really like this John guy. (laughs) He's giving me a return policy. (laughs) It infuriated Herodias. Her expectation was not met by John's message that Mm -mm, morning. Not at all. Okay. He blew her mind. And she was so infuriated that the Bible says she wanted to kill him. (laughs) Yep. But she couldn't. Why? Verse 20 of Mark 6 says, For Herod feared John, knowing that he was a just man and unholy, and observed him. And when he heard him, he did many things and heard him gladly. Wow. Wow. When he heard him gladly, he did many things Mm -hmm. and heard him gladly. I want you to notice this. He did many things, mm-hmm. but he didn't do everything. Wow. Wow. Your approach to the messenger that God has put in your life mm-hmm. cannot be, well, I like some of the stuff he preaches, mm-hmm. but I just don't know about that. So I'm going to gladly receive what I agree with, but oh, anything outside that scope. So this is what he did. Listen, he liked the old boy, but to appease Herodias, he incarcerated him. Herodias wanted him killed. Right. Yeah. Herod wanted him controlled. Yeah. Wow. You don't want to be guilty of trying to control or incarcerate your messenger. You can kind of justify the way you feel about some of the things that he preaches by saying, I don't want to kill him. I just wish he wouldn't preach that. (laughs) Right? 100%. But here's the problem. It's quite likely if you're of that ilk that you have intimate connections and relationships with people that do want to kill him. That's right. And so when you incarcerate the messenger, you set yourself up for a convenient day down the road when those who want to kill him Mm -hmm. can fulfill their desires that they have. 
Wow. You got to stop trying to control the messenger. God forbid that we have incarcerated ministry in this day and age that we live in. We need liberated ministry. We need we need ministry that's not even not even refined enough. And boy, is this countercultural? It is. But not even refined enough that the city likes them. Mm-hmm. If they have to preach in a wilderness, and I'm not literally talking just geography now, I'm talking spiritually. The church is a counter cultural institution. Right. And when you come to that church, you should expect that. And when you come to that church, you need to expect right. to hear something countercultural. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, logically, it should be different. It better be. Should it not? <laughs> I know we're humoring this, but should it not be different? Right. Like if I'm addicted and I don't want to be addicted, I want to go somewhere and experience God, you know, as they say. Well, it shouldn't be like the environment I'm coming I'm coming out of. Right. I think we could agree with that, I would assume, but I guess we can't. Right. I don't know. You, I mean, you, you, you don't actually think... That you can you can go to church and 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 not be confronted mm-hmm. well. about something in your life. What did you come to see? Now yeah. this yeah. sorry to interrupt. Yeah. Everybody is experiencing that when you're sitting on the pew. At one point or another, <laughs> you will. Yeah, it's not just you. It's not just me. At, yeah. You have to. Yeah, I don't care how long you've served God. You're gonna find you're gonna find that word will hit you. Man, even the pastor, I'm assuming. Absolutely. No, you're just up there hammering on people. You don't change. You should see how God deals with us before we get to the pulpit. <laughs> right? Yeah. What were you expecting? It's a message that'll tell you straighten up. Mm-hmm. It's a message that'll shave the top off of your mountains and Fill the depths out of your valleys. and uh-huh. It'll domesticate mm-hmm. you. That's right. It'll make Boy. your spirit domesticated. Sure. It takes that wild nature out of a man. But that don't happen without confrontation. And if you're sleeping with your brother's wife, you don't need comforted. You need to be confronted. Mm-hmm. And so I don't care how much Herod liked everything else that was said. He should have done that too. But he put him in an incarcerated state and said, as long as you stay in this circle, you'll be my favorite little preacher. Yeah. But the moment you stray outside that line, don't you forget, I feed you. I control you. And that spirit will ruin. It'll ultimately kill. John the Baptist. What did you come to see? Here's the reality. If you ever plan on encountering the Messiah, you have to embrace the messenger. Hmm. Wholeheartedly. Whatever he's saying. So I can't get around him. Well, if Jesus said it, I would take it. Yeah. Are those words in red? <laughs> That's a classic. 
didn't 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 Paul tell Timothy that this day was going to come? I believe so. He told him that it was going to happen. Second Timothy four, yeah, says, uh, "I charge thee therefore before God that the Lord and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead, at his appearing in his kingdom, preach the word, be instant in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lusts shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables." Notice that he says sound doctrine is to be endured. How pleasurable does that sound to you? <laughs> That's right. I mean, you just got to get through it. Yeah, if you call Stick it around. an endurance test. I love doctrine. Yeah. I do. But when I hear teaching on the doctrine, because all, all Scripture is Profitable for reproof, correction, doctrine. Okay? Mm -hmm. So when I hear doctrinal preaching on forgiveness and I have something against someone, that goes sideways with me. Mm -hmm. I have to endure. Well, yes, and that's back to that sound we, doctrine. We just talked about that a couple minutes ago. That, that confronts you. Absolutely, it does. But that makes the world a better place. Yes. Because you don't feel like killing everyone now. <laughs> That's right. You know? That's right. It's not always But what if I thing. don't want to? <laughs> okay. You, you just want. start itching your ears. Yeah. <laughs> no. Okay, so here's where the... But, but this is where it becomes a yeah. conflated mess. Yes. Is people get mad at preachers yep. who are preaching sound doctrine because they think that it's him. When Paul tells Timothy, it's the doctrine that you have to endure. What do we say? Don't, Don't shoot, shoot the, the messenger. messenger. <laughs> right? About a lot of stuff, yeah. Have, have, you ever, have you ever been around a kid? I'm, I'm sure that somebody in our audience has. And they are like three and a half feet of attitude. Yeah, I think I know uh, where you're going with this. And, they, and so someone, someone in their sphere at that moment is trying to pull them off of the top shelf at the superstore. And they look at him and say, you can't tell me what to do. You're not my dad. <laughs> Breathe in. Has anybody ever just... Mm. The same thing fits in these moments. Yeah. I don't listen to you. You're not God. Excuse me? If it's sound doctrine and it's based soundly on the word of God, mm. not men's tradition, not men's ideas, but sound doctrine. You need to take it. Mm -hmm. If it's a donkey telling you. Well, yeah, I didn't arbitrarily grab that by the way, right? If you know your Bible, you do know that a message was a message was sent right. to Balaam via a donkey. Donkey Express. Yeah, if the message made you mad, don't blame the messenger. Yeah. His his future was contingent upon whether or not he accepted that message or not. Mm -hmm. Now, I suppose, you know, like we've talked about this a few weeks ago, the guy in the green shirt, you walk into a church, 
and you're the only guy wearing a green shirt. And if the sermon's about the guy wearing a green shirt, well, yeah, okay, that's the point. But in general, if, if a message confronts you, it's not because you're up there looking at me pointing the, pointing the Bible the Bible bombs over my pew and dropping them. The word is finding you. That that's how it's, this works. It's sound doctrine. Yeah. And there there's an element. Please hear this. There's an element of endurance to it. Yeah. You see, we refer to doctrine a lot of times as as you know our our monotheistic belief on the Godhead, the new birth message, death, burial, resurrection. Mm-hmm. repentance, baptism in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, the infilling of the Holy Ghost, evidence with speaking in other tongues. Yes, and we preach that kind of a doctrine at conference, and there's no endurance to that. Mm-hmm. We love it. It's excitable. There's more to doctrine than new birth and the Godhead. And there's elements of, of doctrine, sound doctrine. Mm-hmm. That you need to know. You need to be prepared to endure it. Mm-hmm. Because the spirit of the day that Paul was addressing when he was talking to Timothy about this was it's, it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And that culture is not going to have the attention span to hold up under the sound doctrine. Mm-hmm. What will they do? They will heap to themselves teachers having itching ears now that's that's not an ear that's been bitten by a mosquito <laughs> that literally means having an itching ear to scratch tickle or to be desirous of hearing something pleasant Soothe me, preacher. Do you know what kind of day I had today? And I came to church expecting you to tell me how good I did because I didn't blast my employer. Mm -hmm. And when I came, you told me I needed to be more long-suffering. I don't know how much more of this I can take. When I listen to my favorite Preachers on, on, on Holy Ghost Radio, they don't talk to me that way. Pastor McKillop on Kingdom Speak said uh, XYZ. Right. right. <laughs> you need to draw a circle around the pulpit in your church. And you need to say, whatever sound doctrine comes from the messenger God put in my life, it will not offend me. Mm-hmm. I will embrace it. I will endure it. I am not going to go seek out my favorite podcaster mm-hmm. who's telling me something pleasant mm-hmm. in exchange for something that I need to hear. I will not seek out a comforting message in exchange for a confrontational one. I will endure sound doctrine. Now, folks, this is our generation. Sure. We've got a generation of thin-skinned people that know how to shout about Acts 2.38, but if doctrine gets any tighter than that, I just don't know. I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> I just wasn't expecting that. 
Well, what did you come to see? Did you come to see a reed shaking in the wind? Did you come see a TV evangelist? What did you come to see? I'm going to let you finish this off. <laughs> I can feel the resistance and yeah. resistance coming oh, in the interwebs. This is great. It's man. easier to talk about uh, miracles and money. But man, expectations. Where's our can I get an amen button? Yeah, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> right? Nailing it, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's the reality is, is when it's the most difficult to say amen is probably when you need to. Yeah, that's good. Mm-hmm. You need to embrace it. Mm-hmm. This is not advocating ugly messengers. No. This is sound doctrine we're talking about. <clears throat> mm-hmm. I, 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 want, I want to leave us with this because expectation is not just something that is what a pastor struggles with. John the Baptist in jail. Struggling with, why am I going through this in my ministry? Expectation is not just something that saints struggle with Mm -hmm. about their man of God. It also is about God himself. Mm -hmm. Okay? And when all the people heard him. Yeah, this is at the end of our text, right? Okay, this is after he said. Yeah. He is a prophet. John the Baptist is a prophet, and ye that are least in the kingdom are greater than he. Okay, after they heard all of this. All the people that heard him and the publicans justified God. They done what? Justified God. Hmm. Now, is that an interesting statement? Could almost probably be another podcast, couldn't it? Justifying God. I can understand me as a mortal, failing, sinful Heathen, I need justification. What? What justification does God need? The problem is, is we're looking at it mm-hmm. through the wrong lens. What it actually means there is to be freed. They liberated God. Read it in the ESV. <clears throat> When all the people heard this, and the tax collectors too. <laughs> There's a random little. Yeah. yeah. They declared God just. They declared God just. They freed God of their expectation. Hmm. We're going to let you leave John the Baptist in jail and not doubt that you're God. If that's what you want, and that's how it happens. And be ecstatic that you raised the boy from the dead because you're God. And we're going to let you be God when you heal somebody in our church and you don't heal someone else in our church. And we're going to let you be God when my best friend gets a ministry and I don't have one. And we're going to let you be God when my church is split down the middle Mm -hmm. and someone else's is in revival. And we're going to let you be God when I'm struggling financially and this one's being blessed. We're going to justify God. It wasn't what I expected, but I'm going to justify you nonetheless. Now, when you take the expectations off 
of God. And you take the expectations off of ministry. And we haven't even got into the fact of expectations in a lateral relationship where I expect you to treat me certain ways and mm-hmm. you didn't treat me right and you didn't keep mm-hmm. your end of the deal. Nah, nah, nah. That's a whole part of it. If we can, can adjust our expectations and justify God, man, ministry, I really do believe we're set up to see the miraculous in a level that we haven't seen before. This is exactly what was happening when Jesus delivered the demoniac of Gadara. He exceeded the man's expectations, delivered him of 2,000 devils that were put into the pigs. And the pigs run headlong into the sea. Phenomenal. And here comes a bunch of people coming out of the city into the wilderness again. And here's the rhetorical question again that you could ask. What did you come to see? They came to see what's going on with our pigs. That's what they got mad about. <laughs> and they got mad about how God delivered a man from 2,000 devils. You would think there should be an instant justification of God at that moment. But the pigs. But what about our pigs? What about our bacon? Yep. And they started saying to God, if you're not going to stay within the confines of our expectations, we'd rather you just run along. Ah, yeah. Because if we can't, if we can't control you, you're not welcome here. Mm-hmm. And they ran him out of town. What would happen if everybody showed up at church Sunday morning with expectation in the sense of God can do anything, mm-hmm. but not an expectation in the sense of he has to do it in a certain way? I wonder how many could be delivered of demonic oppression, mm-hmm. of suicidal tendencies, of cancer, mm-hmm. of offense. I believe that if he doesn't heal you, he can sustain you through the process Mm -hmm. and that your spirit can be preserved. It's all about expectations. So if you're naming, come to church. More intent on getting your miracle than how you get your miracle. The least he could have done was come out and waved his hand over me. Wasn't expecting them to send Gehazi dip in the Jordan. What? Naaman, how bad do you want to be free? Mm-hmm. Will you accept instructions that don't make sense from a man that you weren't expecting to get him from? From a messenger that you weren't expecting? Mm-hmm. How much is freedom worth to you? How much is healing worth? Fall in love with your messenger. Take the limits off of God and let's see what he'll do.